Hello, and welcome to Twilight Thoughts. My name is Bryce, and I'll be your host for today. We'll begin in a moment, but first I'd like to let you know that soon you will be entertained by news, reports, scandal, and of course, speculation. Bryce to Tower, we are ready for takeoff. Hello everyone, my name is Bryce and I am here with my good friend James. Say man. Good evening everyone. What me and James are going to do tonight is we are going to sit down and talk in full, open, spoiler goodness about episode 4 of The Mandalorian, chapter 4, Sanctuary. It had a 41 minute runtime and was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Alright man, you ready to get into this? Yes. Yes, I am. Let us go. All right, so I think you and I can both agree that the music in this show has been excellent so far, right? It's as solid as that best car. <laughs> oh, James. Well done. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> Dude, I really liked the music in the opening of this episode. You know, when they're just sitting there fishing, and before all of the chaos starts and everything goes down. Dude, it's very soft. It's very soothing. It's just very, very good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I really liked it. It was like the hippie version of their theme song, um, which was like not yeah. like a downplay. I'm just saying it's like a chill version of it. Um like yeah, just very maybe relaxed. the Mandalorian chilling out in the uh, the beaches of uh, I don't know where everybody died in Rogue One, <laughs> whatever that planet oh, was. Was it Scarif? Scarif, yeah, yeah. It's I like, think it's Scarif, yeah. Yeah, Ma- Mandalorians <laughs> chilling on having like you know a mai tai or a, a fuzzy tauntaun on the beaches of Scarif, and he's <laughs> listening to this music in the background. I think that's what they were going for. It, it but, transported me, man. I was I was just lulled into a false sense of security. Yes. Because that piece does not last for very long. <laughs> it does not. The shrimp, it might be blue, but it runs red with blood. Dude, it is, it's a rough scene to start the episode. You know, because like, that scene happens and then things slow way down. But before I get to that, I want to talk about how clever it was for the farm woman to go ahead and just dive underneath that basket and keep her and her daughter alive. Dude, I gotta be honest, of all of the Mandalorian that I have watched so far, I think that was the best scene just in general that elicited an emotional response because dude watching that I was legitimately afraid for her I was like oh god she's gonna die not only did I think she was gonna die but I also thought maybe just maybe she dies the girl doesn't and then the girl has to watch her mother die in her arms yeah and not say anything or else she is going to die as well like it was a tense, tense scene. And 
I seriously thought that that was going to be Cara Dune's backstory. Uh, Gina Carano. Me too. And uh, and it wasn't. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, what I was thinking of and what made me start... Matter of fact, I'm... Sorry. Matter of fact, just to springboard off of that, not only am I okay with that, I really like that it wasn't. Because if it was, that would have meant that they were living with these raiders within walking distance for years and did nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, very passive wait, wait, people. They were <laughs> very, very <laughs> passive. Oh, looks like they're raiding their shrimp ponds again. Well, take your stuff. I I couldn't help but load it, notice that when she flipped over that like straw basket or whatever, she, they looked like the st- three storms from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh my god, the Raidens. Yeah, the the Raidens. <laughs> yeah, they really do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm gonna make a meme of that. So it. Uh, you know, it, it, it started off with a bang. Pretty good episode. Um, I have to say, Gina Carano's character is awesome. I didn't know how she was going to be. I didn't know if she was going to be like, oh, I'm the coolest person in the planet. No, she was pretty humble for the most part. I thought she was... She really was. Like, I was kind of surprised by that. Because, yet again... We don't learn this character's name. We end up learning it later. We end up learning it 20 minutes into this episode. Yeah. Which is better than what we have been doing, but it's still not good. All right? It's still not good. But what drives me crazy about the fact that we don't know her name for the first 20 minutes of the episode is that we know everything else about her. Just Oh, and then when the Empire fell, then we started doing political hits, and then we started doing this, and then we started doing that. We know so much. We know more about her character than the Mandalorian. (laughs) And yet, it took us 20 minutes to learn her name. (laughs) Yeah, the the one thing um, the show kind of has trouble with is uh, nailing down names, um, planets. It really, really does. You just kind of go with the flow and just kind of accept it for what it is. And that's all you can do. It's... Um, no. You can still allow it to upset you. You can still allow it to to be irritating. Because it is a big piece of information that they're leaving out of the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll get to this later on when we get to the end of the episode. Yeah. But some, we don't get a name of another one of the characters... And the impact that they have on the Mandalorian is baffling. That we don't have a name for this character. It just doesn't make sense. Um, you wouldn't happen to be talking about Thirsty Farm Girl now, would you? Indeed I am. Okay. Oh, again, we'll yeah. get to her later. Yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> a, she's a dead shot. Um, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on that. Like, I just, I didn't understand, going back to Cara Dune, like, I don't understand why... They don't give us her name in that whole first backstory dump. Why? I, I don't know. Like, and it, it's not even that her name comes out as like this big revelation to all this vill- to all these villages or anything like that. It's just 
Cara Dune is a soldier. And that's it. That's it. That could have been said literally anywhere else while we're while we are getting to know the character, not while the villagers already know her. Like it oh, <laughs> oh hey Cara, how you Look, doing? I <laughs> Yes! Hey, yes! Back for more blue That's what I imagine oh, the Mandalorian do. doing. Dude, me and a buddy of mine used to do a podcast review show, right? And one of the big things was setting the scene, you know? You'd have a scene that was going for, let's say, five minutes. And then someone would go, oh, my God, these trees are beautiful. And you're like, where are you? Oh, you're in a forest? How long have you been in a forest for? For the last five minutes? You were just in a diner. When did you go to the forest? We don't know. It's, it's super confusing, right? Yes, absolutely. This needs to stop. They need to start giving us names of characters. I mean, all of these side characters cannot be inconsequential. I defy you. Especially Cara Dune. After this episode, I gotta think she's coming back at some point. Yeah, she's she's definitely gonna join that crew. She's way too cool. And, and same with Quill. Um, I, I think um, I think he'll be back, um, back in action. I mean, I've spoken. It's it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, I definitely think that uh, Cardoon will be back. Um, I'm happy, Baby Yoda. You know, he's he's in this episode as well, chilling like a villain. I um, I applaud all those children in this show. Uh, for not spoiling Baby Yoda to the rest of the world, because obviously this was not filmed last week, like South Park. Um, This was filmed months ago, and um, I mean, I don't know if, you know, Mickey did a raid on their house, and he said, Oh, I'll kill your whole family if you say anything. I I mean, I don't know what (laughs) happened, because if I saw those things, I'd be like, dude, okay, I'm not supposed to tell this to you, but... Okay, holy crap! I I saw Baby Yoda. <laughs> People are like I, I'm sorry, come again? What? And but yeah, nobody said anything. I don't know how on God's green earth they kept that under wraps for you know however long they've been filming this for. So, but bravo to the entire cast. Yeah, dude, it was truly impressive that Baby Yoda didn't get leaked whatsoever because. At the end of the first episode, everyone went, Oh, what, what is that? What is that? And everyone was freaking out. So it's incredible that I didn't get leaked. It was literally the very next day, November the 13th, that people were already making Yoda, uh, baby Yoda memes. And I'm just like, dude, like way too soon. People haven't even watched this show yet. And it's like, I held back because I was like, man, that's not right, you know? I'm like, I wouldn't want to ruin that because, you know, the ending of Force Awakens was ruined for me. There were parts of Last... Oh, was it really? Yes. There were parts of Last Jedi that were ruined for me. There were parts of Avengers Endgame that were ruined for me. I hate people that leak things. I wish the most horrible, spicy, (laughs) mud butt death diarrhea upon them for leaking spoilers... Do not leak spoilers. You're a terrible human being, and you deserve the worst fiery death possible. <laughs> now, is that going to happen? No, they're going to still get away with it. 
but you know you can't you can't stop the internet from being a bunch of idiots but for the people that do ban them or whatever and block it off it's it's cool i just stay off the internet so every time there's something that i don't want to get it spoiled for me so heaven forbid i don't get to see rise of skywalker on the 20th i'm gonna stay the heck off the internet because i know people are stupid and they're gonna ruin it for everyone that hasn't seen it because that's what they do oh dude i've already got my tickets I've already got my tickets. Good man, smart man. Not messing around with that at all. We get to see something in this episode that we have not seen in any of the other episodes. And it was an ATST. It was beautiful. Answer me this question, dude. In the movies, does it not feel like the ATSTs are looked down on just like a little bit? You know, they're like, why use an ATST when you have an ATAT? They're yeah. bigger, they're sturdier, they can take out more people, they can carry more people. Like, the ATST just felt like the younger brother of the ATAT. It's like, hey, I'm here. Hey, 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 I'm here. Don't, don't forget me. I mean, they were getting wiped out by a uh, bunch of Ewoks, which, you know, that's. Right. Cavemen. But in this, James... This thing was haunting. (laughs) It was a monster. And the red lights. It felt Mm. truly dangerous. Dude, when those... Okay. This is the first time I've ever been like, holy crap, man, this thing's going to wipe out everybody. (laughs) I don't think they're going to live. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And their plan didn't sound too solid either. (laughs) Well, I mean, it just said, hey, we have a plan to take it out cover us like that was the plan yeah and so this episode was directed by bryce dallas howard yeah and i thought she did a really good job Mm -hmm. honestly this is my third favorite episode of the show i mean third out of four it's it's not bad like this show has a great first four episodes so you know one has to be third and fourth but i really like this episode now, Bryce Dallas Howard, I believe the last movies that she did were Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's right. And I believe in between there, she did an episode of Black Mirror. She did, yeah. Called Nosedive. Okay. All three of those are heavy action and, like, tension. Just, just constantly ratcheting up the tension. Yes. Until... Ah, it's over, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I cannot take credit for this, and I wish that I could, but I was watching somebody on YouTube, and somebody said the ATST was shot like a T-Rex. And then I watched the episode, and I was like, oh, my God, it really is. It felt like like the chase scene in Jurassic Park. Yeah, the the trees are moving, and, and you can't see what it is. Yes, dude, when the red lights turn on, mm-hmm. and then it starts, like, kind of getting up, and you're like, yeah. oh, oh, something bad's coming now. Yeah. And then when the Mandalorian and uh, and Cara Dune are running away, I really expected one of them to go, must go faster, or must run faster, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Object may be closer in mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been very funny. I would have liked that very much. 
ATSDs, according to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh man. Um, yeah, that this this, ep- this episode was definitely action packed, and um, it wasn't as action packed as the third episode, though. I don't. Think. I, I I really don't think anything can top the third episode. Now, I do know that we have not had James. That's the third episode. <laughs> it's it's the third episode. I I know that there is an episode coming with a buttload of stormtroopers in it because Dave Filoni called the 501st infantry and said, hey, we don't have enough costumes. Can you guys hook a brother up? And so he called the 501st and they literally had like hundreds of stormtroopers show up. So that was probably a Star Wars fan dream to actually Oh, be a stormtrooper and be in a star a Star Wars show. I mean, come on, you can't go wrong there. So I'm interested. Yeah, to see hi, that. this is so and so. Yeah, this is Dave Filoni. Oh, whatever. No, no, seriously, <laughs> this is Dave Filoni. Really? <laughs> like that'd be crazy. That would be so crazy. I, I would have loved it. <laughs> true, true story. I know this is a side note, and this has absolutely nothing to do with this. So the time that I met Robert Kirkman, I, I got a Walking Dead compendium and this is uh this is at comic-con and i met him i'm like so like how did you know you were gonna get the show and he's like (laughs) he's like dude i'm only 27 so he's like i knew it it was never gonna be on cable tv he's like there's no way it's zombies it's gonna be too gory too bloody he's like so the head of amc calls me up and says hi this is whatever his name is he's like is this Robert Kirkman? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm interested in uh, in doing uh, Walking Dead as a TV show. And he goes, <laughs> very funny. And he hung up on him. <laughs> and then he's like, and he calls me back and says, did you just hang up on me? And he's like, oh crap, you are serious. And he's like, yeah, I'm serious. We want to do your show. We're gonna run a six six episode pilot and see how it does. And he's like, oh my god. So I thought that was hysterical, but. I mean, it would be that along the same lines of, you know, Dave Filoni giving you a ring and saying, hey, yeah, I want you guys to be in our show. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I really like the improvisational aspect that Cara Dune and the Mandalorian were able to to use, I guess is the right words, during the fight against the ATSD. Yeah. Because their plan that they were going to use did not go to plan. It did not work. No, it, it didn't. And and that thing was like, ooh, water, yeah, we don't do that. So they're just like, uh, well, that was the plan, so I don't know what to do. And if you've ever played Battlefront, dude, when you're in an ATST, it, it's time for, like, you know, getting that killionaire. You're, you're going to wipe out, like, the entire team. It's just going to happen. <laughs> Things got missiles and lasers and anything you think of. So as far as a one-man army, that's all you need. You just need an ATST, and you're good to go. But um, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. They definitely did an excellent job of making that thing terrifying. I'd never yes, seen it with did. the red red glow. I loved it. I, it was very menacing looking. Yeah, it looked really cool. Like, red is just a great color. <laughs> yeah. But I also really like the fact 
that the Mandalorian was able to pick up on what Cara Dune was doing yeah. without them talking about it. Because she's like, give me the photon rifle. And she's like, oh, maybe. All right, just just take it. Just be careful. Like, you knew he did not want to let that rifle go. And then she no. takes it down. The ATST is on the ground, and he just takes off, runs, throws a thermal detonator inside the cab, and then it explodes from the inside. That was it was awesome. very, very good. The Raiders were so shocked by the fact that this thing exploded. They all stopped fighting and just turned around and looked, and then a lot of them got stabbed. Like <laughs> That's how they got taken out. They got stabbed by sticks. What did you think of the fight overall? It's as good as I would expect it to be on television. Nothing. I mean, I'm not expecting Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. It's just, it was, it is what it is. I, I wasn't disappointed by any means. It was, it was pretty epic. Uh, no. It was definitely Star Wars. I, I like the fact that, yeah, it was you know, you don't have to fight. have a bunch of Jedis or anything on here. It's like, it just shows that there's different worlds on here. Some of these people aren't loaded like like they are in Coruscant. I mean, this is like a very simple village. They don't got a lot of money. I mean, they're just farming for blue shrimp, and that's their meat, means of income. Or, and it was just, it was interesting. I, I mean, d- is this my favorite episode? No. Is it my least favorite episode? Absolutely not. I know what my least favorite episode is, and we will get to that later. <laughs> Yeah, we will. <laughs> but, like, I just, I really enjoyed this fight. You know, for what it was. It was yeah. great to have a larger scale battle in this show. Because, I mean, we had it with the Bounty Hunter Guild and the Mandalorians, and I thought that was really cool. That was amazing. But it was really cool to see it with the mech happening at the same time, mm-hmm. and then the raiders coming in. I, I, I just thought it was really well done. And... It was in the dark, and it was still all very legible. You could read everything that was happening. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Like, I saw Mad Max Fury Road in theaters, and in my opinion, that has the single best nighttime action scene I've ever seen in a movie. Mostly because you can see what's happening. It's shot so well. Hmm. It's just shot so, so well. I like it a lot. In any case, going off on a little bit of a tangent there. No, that movie's awesome. The battle is over. It really is. But the battle is over. Right? And I know I've said this in the last couple episodes. Are they going to stop showing emotion through that full face mask very well? Because they are doing a knockout job of it. It is so, so good. I honestly think it's one of the better aspects of the show is him not saying a word and you knowing exactly what's going on in his head. Yeah. He he does take his helmet off this episode, but you don't see his face. He just pulls a Master Chief and just kind of sets his helmet down. So, it, obviously, he, you know, he's going to have to take it off sooner or later. I mean, it's not like you're going <laughs> to wear that thing to bed or something. <laughs> that, exactly. That would, that would be kind of funny, but... And it was funny because she's like, when was the last time you took that off? He's like, yesterday. (laughs) I take it off all the time, just not in front of people. I thought that was really interesting, too. And that girl could shoot, like, 
dead end. Yeah, she could. I mean, it, he he'd be stupid to be like, yeah, I don't really want her on my crew. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna snag you. You're coming with me. A Caradune, you know, hop hop right into the co-pilot seat. Oh wait, I don't have one in this spaceship, but that's okay. Um, you know, he needs a crew, no doubt. I mean, he's he's getting tracked by pretty much every uh every scumbag on the universe so it, it's I think episode 6 is gonna dive right into or, or not dive it's, they're gonna be they're gonna have to meet up I mean I don't know if maybe the end of this season is just building it for next season and then they have a crew but he, he doesn't have a crew <laughs> he's got baby Yoda and that's it See, I don't mind him not having a crew. Like, that doesn't bother me. What does bother me is that we're four episodes in. Now, a lot of people online are screaming, Oh, this is a filler episode. This is a filler episode. I don't agree. Because it does progress the story. It does. It progresses Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian's relationship. It introduces you to Cara Dune, who, if she's not an important player later on in the series I'll be shocked you know and so it does all that and it builds the Mandalorian's character just in general so I don't think this is a filler episode we have a non-filler episode halfway through the series and we still don't know we have no idea where this thing is going to end nope you know what I'm saying it is a complete toss-up my guess is it's going to end on Batu because of Galaxy's Edge but aside from that I have no idea I think um, I think episode 4 was absolutely necessary because most people would be like why doesn't he just go hide off in, in some like remote planet or yes. something and this is a perfect example of why yeah I definitely can't do it because there's people with trackers there's beacons and sooner or later, they're, they're going to find out where I'm at, and there's nothing I can do about it. Which I really liked. I liked that thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just, he's stuck. He's done this, and now he has to see it through to the end. He can't just dump the kid off somewhere and think, all right, he's going to be safe. He can't. My question is, though, and I liked it the first time they did it in episode one, did we really need another fake Baby Yoda death scene? Because, I mean, you see the bounty hunter come up over the ridge. He's got Baby Yoda in his crosshairs. And then it cuts back to the Mandalorian. You hear a loud gunshot. Just loud. Bang! Birds fly. Everyone jumps. Cuts back to the bounty hunter. He drops. He's dead. Gina Carano came through and saved Baby Yoda. Which is nice, but it's like, ah, man, I don't want to have fake deaths as a way to build tension. C- kind of the way that Marvel does, you know? Marvel has a bunch of fake deaths. And so now to the point where if somebody dies in a Marvel movie, eh, whatever, they'll be back. Like, I doubt, <laughs> like, even Loki. Even when Loki died in Infinity War, I was like, he'll be back. He. Thanos even said no regenerations and yet he's back they somehow came up with a way to get Loki back into the MCU so I don't want Star Wars to start going down that road 
I don't like it. You know, the first time, cool. I liked it. It was good. It felt right here. Eh, felt forced. Yes, that's it. That's exactly it. It felt forced. That being said, you know, like I just said, we don't really know where this series is going for its end game, let's say. But if Baby Yoda did die, don't you think that'd be like the inciting incident for the Mandalorian to go like John Wick and just go to the Bounty Hunters Guild and blow everybody away? Everybody. It would it would be uh it would definitely have an MA rating after that point. Oh have and, to, and have to. There, <laughs> it would be breaking the fourth wall and the entire internet would lose their minds so oh dude you can't kill baby yoda no nope. at this point you just cannot kill baby yoda he is integral to the mandalorian <laughs> i think the only way that all of this stops is if the mandalorian kills the client you know warner hershog do you think that's the end of the season with him going to that compound finding him and just ending him there Giancarlo Esposito, he is an exceptional actor. He's gotten, like, awards for his acting on that show. So, yeah, he got Best Supporting Actor. So, dude's, he's the man. I'd like to see where he's at. I have a feeling he's who the, uh, the client reports to, personally, because he's a grand moth on this show. So... Oh. He's he's really high ranking. Um I just they don't really give much information about him, so and that's fine by me. I like to be surprised. I don't like to have everything spoiled like idiots have to do on the internets. So it'll be interesting where they go, <laughs> you know, from here. Well yeah, I, I think it definitely will be. And yet again, episode four, I've gotten to say it every single episode. Why do we not have names? I know I touched on it earlier, but this farming girl, right? She is so charming to the Mandalorian, the one who's a really good shot. Yeah. She almost got him to stay on that planet with her and just settle down and relax, you know? Like, she was in the process of taking off his helmet when that gunshot went off to save Baby Yoda's life, and it kind of snapped him back to reality, is like, oh, I can't allow this to happen. I have to keep going. That is a big, significant part of the character. The way he described it in episode two was, guns are my religion. Weapons are part of my religion, or something like that. So if that's how he feels about his weapons, and earlier in this episode, we hear him say, if I take the helmet off, I can never put it back on. And yet this woman almost got him to take it off. Doesn't she deserve a name? Doesn't she deserve to get a name? We yes. got her daughter's name. Yes. We didn't get hers, though. Her name is Storms from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. James, it's killing me. It's really killing me. Like, do we need names for all the villagers? No, that's not what I'm saying. 
but somebody like that, who very well might come back later on in the series, she needs a name. If she comes back later in the series, and he goes, oh yeah, I remember you from the battle with the ATST, I'm gonna turn it off. I'm gonna turn it off. That's, it's such bad writing, like, oh, that would make me so mad. In any case, James, the time has come. We are at the end of episode four. Tell me, my friend, what is your star ranking for episode four, Sanctuary? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a four out of five. wasn't my favorite episode, but, uh, I mean, the whole ATST scene was, it was excellent. I, I loved that. That was just brilliant. So, uh, that, that. That definitely uh, tipped the scales from a three to a four. Yeah, I liked it. It 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 didn't seem like a filler episode to me because there were so many things that had to happen, and it's you know Mandalorian needs to kind of build up a crew, even though you know some of them may not leave with him. Um, I'm sure we'll see many of them come back in a later episode or a later season. So, how about you? It's not my favorite episode. Like I said, it's going to hit number three for me. I really like this episode a lot. Now, I fully admit, might be just a little bit biased because I love the Jurassic Park series so, so much. And the ATSD really did remind me of a T-Rex. So, it might be biased, but I'm going to give it a 4.5. I love that battle. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought all of the, the fight scenes leading up to that, like when Gina Carano was trying to drown one of the raiders, hysterical. Like, that's great TV. Like, <laughs> I really, really liked it. So, that's what it gets from me, a 4.5. Alright, and that's going to do it for tonight, guys. We appreciate you listening. My name is Bryce. This is James. Adios, amigos. You can find me on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud. At Twitter, you can find me at Disney Nocturnal. On Instagram, you can find me at The Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. I'm also on Facebook, like I said. Just search The Nocturnal Disney Podcast, and you can join our little group. You can find this show on iTunes, YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, which I say this all the time, but it makes me very happy to say I'm on Spotify. I just think that's really cool. You can find us on all kinds of different podcast apps. Where can people find you, James? Um... Well, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. You'll just look up James Schubin. Um, if if you like memes, I have uh, the Walt Disney iFunny account. Um, just anything you can think of. Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar. It's all on there. Um, so, yeah, that's, and then I, I'm on Twitter also. It's uh, Walt Disney-IF. So, and I, you know, I just post memes and stuff. That's about all I do. So, make myself useless. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend you guys go subscribe to his, his feeds and whatnot because they are, they're really good. The memes that he makes, I'm like, oh. Very well done, James. <laughs> Some of the things you think of, I'm like, man, I I wouldn't have come up with that in a thousand years. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>